We are super proud to announce that Stay Plugged In is now sponsored by HyperX for our online events for the month of August. Prizes will include a Cloud Stinger wireless headset and a Cloud Stinger wired headset for our Turbo Tuesday tournaments for the first and second winning teams. And then for our Valorant tournaments, which are every other week on Thursdays and Fridays, that will be the Alloy Origins Core Mechanical Gaming Keyboard, HX Red, and the Pulsefire FPS Pro Gaming Mouse, which the keyboard is for first place and the mouse is for second place. Welcome back to SpinCast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Keegan, or Keegabyte on the internet. I am joined today by Josh Shumney of Mississippi State University. How are you doing today, my good man? I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah, great having you, dude. So real quick, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? What do you do at Mississippi State? And uh, how are you involved in esports? And how did you get involved in esports? Will do, yeah. So my name is uh, Josh Shumney, as you already said. People call me MedC, so I'll go on the internet. Um, but I've been the president of MSU Esports for uh, the past semester. Um, previously, I was the vice president. Um, I really just joined the club because I wanted to play Counter-Strike, and that was my passion at the time. I was just a kid wanting to play video games and didn't think about the intricacies that Esports has as far as business development and professional development. Um, and I got into the club and started helping out with events and eventually worked my way up to becoming the president of the Esports Club. Um, but yeah, it, Esports really started for me when I was young with Call of Duty. And then um, after Call of Duty kind of slowed down with the games not being as fun and as great, I uh, moved over to Counter-Strike because, you know, I was an FPS guy at heart. Um, and now I'm kind of playing Valorant, you know, keeping the, the trend mm-hmm. going. <laughs> Seems like a lot of people's common ground. Their, their initial, like, breaking into the esports space is that Call of Duty scene, you know, game battles and all that yep. back in the day. Uh, God, I just dated myself so hard there. <laughs> but so you guys are still a club at, at, at Mississippi State then. Have you guys been pushing for varsity? Yeah, we've been uh, pushing for varsity um, to some degree. Uh, we want to do it right. We don't want to rush into it and get over our heads and then have the school completely take it over and ruin what we built. Not that they would, but, you know, most of the people that are in charge at our university aren't as familiar with the esports scene or gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our passion and our goal is to have, you know, a space and have scholarships and, you know, have a foundation under our players that will outlive us as a club. Uh, in 10 years' time, I can come back and I can see, you know, young kids – participating at a very high level with people watching them in arenas um, playing games they love to, to, to do. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's great because, it, you know, it, when, when you focus on the positives between like a club and a varsity, there are positives for each, you know, club, you have more of a um, like community atmosphere. There's a lot more in terms of like the having fun sphere. And then when you get to varsity, it's, it's very serious. And it's not that you can't have it, and you can have both at the same time. It's just that with the club, you have a little bit more of the integration. Yeah. Speaking of integration, how many games do you guys have that you compete in? Uh, currently we have uh, 12 games and within the 12, wow. 12 games, we have uh, 17 teams. So those are um, uh, eight teams and B teams. Um, mm-hmm. Some, some games are harder to field players for just because, you know, we're not the biggest university, but yeah, we have, we have, I mean, uh, you have more games than most of the universities. I'll let you know that. Yeah, we, we try to, so something that we've always done, and I'll give credit to my predecessor, Jay, is that anybody that wants to compete in any game, um, all they have to do is come to us, present a league that's within collegiate, and we will help them and support them to get, you know, players and other people interested um, in, you know, playing in that game. So we, we try to give everybody a shot, try to build that community aspect, as you said, but at the same time, try to build them to top of that competitive aspect. And that's why we have certain games that we focus more on that are just better players. 
Mm-hmm. So which games do you compete in? Uh, so <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> quick quiz. I'm going to give you a name. Okay. Um, CSGO, League of Legends, Rocket League, Overwatch, uh, Rainbow Six, uh, Valorant now, uh, Smite, uh, Dota 2. Wow. Uh, yeah, Smite. Yeah, that's a whole long story. Yeah, you're getting pretty um, deep into that one. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. Um, I'm missing, I'm missing a very popular one. We have a Smash Club that we're associated with, but they're not um, actually under our club. And... Someone's going to hate me watching this, but COD, that's it. Call Call G. Um, those are the main ones I can think of right now. We have, you know, others, but they're not as popular. Okay. And um, so you guys compete in, in like all of these different esports. Do you guys ever find that it kind of takes away from other opportunities that you could be giving to like focus more in on one or do you, or do you find that they do kind of sustain themselves? So the way we kind of um, have done it, like on purposely is games that, have the better players and do the best tend to get them more out, more out of the club. So if we have a team that's really good, we're going to be developing, you know, more content for them or put, sending them to more events and everything. In the past, that was our Overwatch team, but now we have a lot of different teams that are really good. Now we have our League of Legends team um, that has come out of the woodworks. That's really good. We have our R6 team who plays, I think, top five in the R6 collegiate. Um, which last one? Semester. Uh, yeah, which one? Uh, I think it was CR6, collegiate okay. R6. Um, and they, some of those players are actually um, qualifying for the Challengers League for R6 now. And then, nice. we, had, yeah. and then we had our Overwatch team. Um, consistently, it's been like a top 10 team in the, the, the nation um, with its ups and downs. But, yeah, we, we have teams. And although we, it might be better to focus on teams from time to time, having that community aspects and having kind of like that any game can come, but you might not get the full support, I think kind of helps us because it helps people – you know, strive to do better within their game. Mm-hmm. So you said that you have a couple of players going from uh, Rainbow Six collegiately to the actual qualifying for the Challenger Series uh, for for uh, Rainbow Six. Do you guys encourage your players more at Mississippi State to move into a career in the esports field? Or is it more of just a like, you know, do it if you want to, but it's like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say here? <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% encourage it. Um, as someone who tried, you know, very hard to go professional within Counter-Strike um, and Call of Duty even. I understand the passion that these players have. Obviously, we put school first. School's the number one priority. But if you're good enough and you have the talent and you're able to balance the two, go for it. it it's every kid's dream that plays video games competitively to be professional, to get paid, to just be able to play a game for 12 hours a day and stream and do all these different things. Um, so, yeah, we 100% support it. I'm very proud of our guys. They put in a lot of work. And to see them come this far, well, one of them played on Xbox and then moved to wow. PC, and now he's you know competing. That's a tough move. Yeah, yeah, big move, big move, and it's it's. I'm very proud of my my players and my teams. Mm-hmm. And I I understand that you also have student involvement on the other side of the camera as well, on the production side of things. Because mm-hmm. you guys do host your own events. Mm-hmm. I know that much. You guys host lands and online events. So tell us a little bit about how you get your um. Uh, your club members involved in those productions and how you gain them those kinds of skills that they can further take into the esports field. I got you. Yeah. So essentially within our club, um, we have our executives and then our board, our board sits under our executive committee um, and they have uh, there's seven different areas for them. Um, They house different divisions. So like marketing production, things like that. Um, And under them, we have coordinators. The coordinators are people that want to reach the board or executive level or want to get more experience and they're kind of like our handymen. They, they come, they help us at events and production, things like that. Um, our vice president of internal affairs, Nathaniel, is actually our big production guy. He set up um, 
our production at Egg Bowl uh, that we hosted and at Bully Land, which we've hosted in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of handled that from top to bottom. Very talented guy. He, you know, does production for a degree. You know, that's his degree path that he's looking forward. And he loves esports. Um, but yeah, we try to incorporate that professionalism in terms of showing people how to get involved more within esports. Um, not just playing games, but, you know, mm-hmm. the business, the production, the graphics, you know, these different elements that not a lot of people talk about, but are very important within the industry. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's one of the best ways to sustain a career in esports is to go into that production side of things, whether it's as, as a production manager on the caster. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's, that's the best way to sustain that life in the esports world and still maintain some oh, kind simply. of, pub, some kind of, um, you know, a stance in the public eye. It, it, Cause it's like, not everyone like the top, like 0.0001% are ever going to go pro. Yeah. Right. And that, and that is such a small amount of any game really that, that, you know, if you make it fantastic for you, go as long mm-hmm. as you can and then move into some other uh, part of the esports field. But you yeah. have to kind of cross train and, and, and figure out, you know, where you want to be in the esports world. That's a bit more sustainable, especially if you're going to have a career in it. Right. Most definitely. Yeah. You, yeah. And you see pro players doing that now, you know, Shroud's no longer pre- playing professionally. He's streaming, you know, mm-hmm. some people go to casting, like you said, it's, it's the most logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like traditional sports in that sense, right? You see players becoming, you know, analysts or players becoming now broadcasters. It's just esports is starting to fall more into that trend. And I think that's a really positive thing for the sustainability of the industry. I agree. So let's double back a little bit here. How do you encourage your students to maintain a healthy uh, work, uh, work-life balance? Because it's a little bit harder for you guys considering that you don't really have the ability to enforce too much with them because you're a club. Varsity, that's yeah. one of the great things about varsity is, is that they can, they can really enforce you know, study mm-hmm. hours, uh, eating, working out, GPA, stuff like that. But you guys don't really have that kind, that kind of power. So how do you encourage that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very difficult. Like you said, we have nothing to hold over their head per se um, to kind of get them to be motivated. But what we try to do is, you know, build on the community aspect to make people want to feel more involved. Um, So we have, you know, channels within our discord that um, are strictly for academics. So it's actually probably our most used um, text channel other than the main text channel, because people are always having, you know, trouble with school or, you know, wanting to help people. And so, yeah, that's a a big strive for, you know, making sure people have a good GPA and are doing well in education. Um, as far as like the, the healthy eating and things like that, um, I can't really talk. I'm a big guy myself, uh, but we try our best. But we, we do go out um, in the past. We've, we've, you know, played soccer together, you know, gone play basketball. We, we try to get our, our members to go out and do physical activities and hang out in person because, you know, you can only develop so much skills online and like, you know, connection online. So we try to push that in-person connection um, and try to help our, our team members come out of their shell because mostly gamers are, you know, uh, introverted. They're not very extroverted. So we're trying to try to help them with that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very supportive. I, I think in, in that term, um, we don't allow our members to play more than two games, even though some want to, uh, just because you play more than two games, you're playing in two different leagues and two different scrim times and you don't have time to, to work on your academic side. Um, and that's the most important thing because that's why you attended college in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good that you say that because um, it does seem like you guys are doing much more than most other clubs, like, like organizing those social times, organizing those, you know, times where you can go and exercise, whether it be like, like dedicated weightlifting in the gym mm-hmm. or whether it be like actually getting out and playing like, like, a, like a physical sport. And you guys are doing more than most other clubs, and that's nice to see. It seems like you guys really have a handle on, on how to keep a hold of uh, the work-life balance for, for your, your club members. 
So I have a couple other questions here. My first one is going to be, and I'm going to say four letters and get to understand exactly what I mean. NCAA. So there's been a lot of talk about the NCAA getting involved mm-hmm. in esports. There's been a lot of talk about NACE becoming like the overall governing body yeah. and, and all these other organizations like TESPA, Collegiate Star, and all the other developer-led leagues. So mm-hmm. do you feel as though a full governing body behind esports is necessary, whether it be the NCAA or otherwise? Or do you think we should leave it up to the conferences uh, slash the developers to, to do something with? Well, see, that's the issue, right? It's because every game has different developers. And, you know, these developers don't want to give the rights to their game to some other company, you know, to use for production or competition. And so it's kind of hard to have a centralized body. I feel like you can try, but I don't see a perfect plan for it. I do think if the, if the grand scheme of things, if everything were to work out and all these games that, you know, competitive um, esports houses was able to fall under one governing body, it'd be great. I just don't think it's possible. I think it's impossible, improbable. um, And it would just hurt the scene more than anything. Um, it's better to kind of let it thrive in its own, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Riot Suit with Valorant right now um, and mm-hmm. how they did with League of Legends before they took over. And then when it's time, you know, if there's a time to take over and, and do something with it, then I think it's good. I think you'll tend to see more of the, um, uh, like your, your Riots and your Blizzards, you know, creating their own collegiate, you know, areas, kind of like Tespo, Blizzard and, and things mm-hmm. like that, just because they can house their own games and kind of, you know, work on that professional development and everything. It's a recruiting process. That's everything these businesses see, right? It's how do we recruit more people to use our products or to work for us or to do this or that. And that's where I think that um, the leagues will come in to play, but I don't think it will ever be like the NCAA. Okay. And I've, I've heard some other talk too about maybe having like multiple leagues encompassed under one like big governing body, mm-hmm. sort of just to just kind of, you know, lend legitimacy to the esports programs at different schools, like the NCAA does for athletic programs. So yeah. there's, there's a long way to come for that. I feel as though, regardless of whether it's, you know, developers conferences or like one governing body, there's a long way to go for uh, collegiate esports in general. Now I have one more question for you here before we wrap this up. If you were to give, and, and you are going to give here, if you were to give any advice to a middle or high schooler who wants to take esports further up, maybe make it their career, or, or at least participate in esports after school and in college, how would you suggest they go about that? And also, how would you suggest they defend their decision to move into a career in esports to parents, faculty, um, or teachers? I think the best defense is a great offense, right? So that's uh, a generalized concept. Um, so the best way to go about it is to do well in school, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle, do all the, the normal expected things for you as a kid. And then on top of that, play video games competitively, strive your best, do this, do that. And when you get, you know, money coming in or you realize you're good enough and you start to see advances in there, then you can kind of showcase that to your parents. Um, and, you know, if you have parents that are more traditional that don't understand technology or esports. Um, try to show them the concept that esports is the future of, you know, traditional sports entertainment. You know, there's very, there's, there's many similarities, you know, there's coaches, there's, you know, uh, uh, subs, there's, there's all these different similarities between the two. Um, and that's the, the best way that I've explained it to people that, you know, aren't very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of having, you know, parents that don't really support you, I kind of got lucky. My mom was very supportive. Um, but, you know, you just got to, you got to strive your best. You got you to gotta be the normal person people want you to be, 
but then you got to grind and put the hours in to be the extra person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Kind of what you're saying sounds like substitute esports in for your high school sports. Mm-hmm. Right. Generally, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for coming out and talking with us today oh. over at SpinCast. Would you do us a favor real quick? Tell, tell the audience and me and everybody here where we can find you and where we can find Mississippi State Esports. Yeah, so you can find me at um, M-E-D-C-U-E-Z on uh, Twitter. And also on Twitter, you can find MSU Esports at Esports underscore MSU, um, as well as our Discord. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show and hope everybody has a good day. Well, it's been a good time. Thank you very much, Josh. And thank you all very much for coming out and watching SpinCast today. Just remember, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay plugged in.